The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, the final stop on the road to UFC 285 is complete. And it's complete with a little bit of mayhem, a little bit of wackiness, a little bit of craziness. But in the end, it was not Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann who closed the show. It was a rare championship fight in the main event of a fight night event. Brennan Allen retains his middleweightiest middleweight title, submits Andre Muniz in the third round. The stakes could not have been higher. Graduated to the main event, and boy, did Brendan All-In Allen deliver in a big way. Welcome to the UFC Vegas 70 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Got a whole crew with us. First, my best friend, Alexander K. Lee, joins us. AK, how we doing, buddy? It's felt like a very long day. There was a lot of com- <laughs> there was a lot of combat sports esque content to digest. I want to I don't want to call all of it combat sports, but it was definitely <laughs> combat sports flavored. Uh, I was like I will say again, combat sports esque. I don't know how everyone else felt about it. I don't know how much content everyone else consumed, but I saw probably ninety percent of what you could watch today. I, I, you know, I had double screens going. Probably should have had one more, but. Uh, yeah, there was there was there was a lot. Uh, we have no shortage of topics, despite uh, this you know UFC card, which is sort of uh, headlining our our show here. Uh, not being the most like um, narrative heavy card, but we have that to talk about, and and we'll we'll touch upon some other things. I hope. And we also have Shaheen Al Shadi joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. Shaheen, how are we doing, my man? Oh, we're doing. Uh, we're certainly doing. As AK said, it is quite an interesting Saturday. A combat sport adjacent, maybe. I think a lot of that. I know in particular one fight that uh, AK had a good time with earlier in the Mayweather card. But yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, that was certainly a UFC card, wasn't it? We just we just all watched that. Yeah, I mean, it depends on when you watched. But yeah, certainly it was uh, a card in a UFC octagon in a UFC building. And that's always half the battle. But Shaheen, I want to start with you because... You've been very high on Andre Muniz for a very long time. Very, very high. You and Jed were very confident that Andre Muniz was going to put the boots to Brandon Allen and do just really bad things to this man. And I just I just wasn't with you guys. Like, I, I picked Andre to win, but I thought this fight was going to be very competitive. I actually thought Brandon Allen was a step up in actual competition compared to Uriah Hall and some of the other opponents that he had. Maybe he didn't have the ranking, the cachet of a Uriah Hall and the name value, but skill for skill, I thought he was better than Uriah Hall and probably anybody else Andre Muniz has faced inside the octagon. So now that this fight, this main event, 
Andre Muniz's failed attempt to become the middleweightiest middleweight champion has come and gone, submitted in the third round. How surprised were you to, to see this all play out? I mean, how surprised? I was very surprised. You're right. Jed and I, uh, we, we, we plant ourselves on a lot of corners. You see, when you do that, sometimes you make some terrible mistakes. I, I clearly made a terrible mistake on this one. I was on this show yesterday arguing vehemently against you, the idea that Andre Muniz could even be involved in a middleweightiest middleweight title fight like he felt he felt like he had was above that he he had transcended above that conversation but i don't know man i i we were saying you know off air uh i wonder if it's just almost like all of us want so badly there to be the next damian maya the damian maya evolution that we sort of grasp onto these guys like dude broke jacare's arm like that type of thing like he was so impressive up to this point but I certainly did not have Brendan Allen out grappling Andre Muniz on my bingo card tonight. Out grappling him, he, he was. It wasn't even a fluke either, right? Like we saw in that second round, hitting those sweeps, top control, everything. He was doing. He was putting the wood to to Andre Muniz, and then in that third round, getting the submission. I mean, that was nine to one odds, right? Like I hope someone out there made a ton of money on on the rest of our stupidity picking Brandon Allen by submission because I just certainly didn't see that coming, and it's in retrospect making me do some reevaluation for how we view Brendan Allen, right? Because I still am pretty high on Ari Muniz. I still feel like he will be somebody who matters in this division for a while to come. But Brendan Allen has a sneaky good resume in the UFC now. Like he officially does. Like he, he's nine and two. Uh, I, I'm sorry, either nine and two or eight and two, right? Uh, and the two losses were Curtis, Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Like at a certain point, that's not that bad. That's much better than it really, I think, we we maybe think of him as or at least did before tonight. So he's going to wake up with a number next to his name uh, coming Monday. And he it's very well-deserved, man. Like, that was an incredible performance. That was a breakout performance. And to do that on short notice, not in terms of the fight itself, but knowing that you're sort of closing the show and that there's going to be, you know, that much more of a spotlight on your performance. And like we said, we're leading the show today with it, uh, that type of thing. Very impressive, man. You can't take that anything away from Brennan Allen. I, I think very few people saw a result like that coming and that's the best win of his ufc career by far nine and two inside the octagon uh he's won four in a row he's won six out of his last seven dude is on a tear right now ak brandon allen coming into his own some like i he looks so good in those first two rounds and oftentimes like and it happens and i think it happened in like kind of both of the losses that he had comes out looking good gets excited gets a, a little too overconfident and then gets just sort of caught with something and it felt like at certain points in round three Muniz is starting to tag him a little bit but Brennan was able to keep his composure got, got back to what got him to the dance in that position to begin with took him down mounted him and then eventually just very patiently got himself into the rear naked choke and gets Andre Muniz to tap out so uh what did you think of Brennan Allen's performance H- how much did he uh burst through the old the ceiling and the expectations that you've had for this man so impressive. So impressive. I, I, my prediction for this fight is terrible. You guys can find out at MMAfighting.com. Uh, I had, I had expe- a great website. I had expected uh, Muniz to just be the superior grappler. And you know what? Listen, if this was like a straight up jujitsu competition, may- maybe he would be. But this is not. This is MMA. We are, we do mix the martial arts here. The, 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 uh, the grappling isn't quite as, you know, as straightforward, uh, matchup wise. And I should be taking those things into account. But I, I think like, like Shaheen said, we're, we're so, we're kind of so excited about what we thought Andre Muniz can be. I'm not gonna say could, cause I agree. I think that there's still a lot of room for him to improve, learn from this loss, still, uh, you know, get back in the top 10. I think he might lose his number in our rankings uh, after this loss. We'll see. Or Brendan Allen will jump into the top 10. We haven't quite sorted that out yet. But we had uh, in the MMA fighting global rankings, we had Muniz uh, tied for the number seven spot at 185 pounds. I, I'm pretty sure he will fall out because, um, as we said, it'll be hard for Brendan Allen to jump certain names because he's lost to Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis. So uh, the MMA mask can get a little tricky here. But um, yeah, really, all, all the credit to to Brendan Allen. You know, we can say what we want about Muniz, eh, maybe looking a little off, maybe not being his best, but. Uh, I think Brendan Allen was certainly at his best, and he's been on a hot streak. This is consistent with his recent performances. This isn't like, oh wow, I can't believe Brendan Allen, Allen like fought so well. It's like, no, he's he's been doing well. Uh, Muniz has been a st- is a step up in competition from some of the guys he's recently faced, and he stepped up accordingly. Um, he had the right mindset. His striking looked good. Again, it got a little dicey at times, but overall, striking looked good. Grappling, we know that's one of his strengths. Uh, did we know that he could? He would get the better of Andre Muniz in the ground. I certainly didn't. 
but he had the sweep. He gets submission finish in the third round. Uh, just a really, really solid performance. And I do want to say, I, I, I don't know if everyone knows what we mean when we're talking about middleweighty middleweights and the middleweightiest middleweight title, right? Because I, I worry that uh, I, I kind of see why Shaheen had this difficulty of, of, of placing Muniz in that uh, area. Because I would have too. I would have too. I think we prefer our middleweighty, our middleweighty middleweights to not be ranked. <laughs> Right. Normally they're unranked. I think if you're a middleweighty middleweight and Muniz yeah. was undefeated in the UFC so far, like we said, top 10 in our rankings, I think top 10 in the official rankings. So it almost seems ineligible. But boy, uh, Brendan Allen, uh, uh, unquestionably a very middleweighty middleweight, uh, brought out the middleweight in him. This word is starting to lose all meaning now. I'm saying it too much. Uh, <laughs> it brought out the middleweight in him because we got, again, for people who don't know what we mean, this division, 185, has had a history of taking like, – like there's just a lot of skilled fighters in there. For some reason, you, you at some point, they get matched up and just these, they become the, – these fights become these sort of formless blobs where like jiu-jitsu experts can't quite show off their jiu-jitsu. Wrestlers can't quite show off their wrestling. Strikers can't show off their striking. And you get these weird back-and-forth battles where you just don't get the sense that either guy is, is, is showing off their best. Like I said, tonight, tonight was a little different. I think Brendan Allen – even though like, whatever it was maybe not an A plus performance, it was like a solid A. It looked great, um, but yeah, middleweight is just that division. Every division has their qualities. We're starting to see some of that in heavyweight too. I mean, I don't know how much we're going to talk about Augusto Sakai and on Dante Mays, the the new penultimate fight of the evening. Um, but that, and then we had the middle, the heavyweight fight or light heavyweight fight. No heavyweight fight last week, which had a similar quality to it. Uh, so heavyweight's getting that there too. But middleweight has historically been talented fighters that. At some point, it, it just becomes, I don't know, for some reason, they, they can't put it all together when they get in there. Uh, if anyone wants an idea of what I'm talking about, uh, Phil McKenzie, I think it was Phil McKenzie and uh, Connor Robush from Bloody Elbow. Had, they used to have a series called The League of Extraordinary Journeymen. With theirs, they specifically talked about the phenomena. So the research is a little old, but for anyone not familiar with what we're uh, – our description of the middleweight division go go check that out that's on bloody elbow still and uh really look at any of our tweets and comments about middleweight for the last what two or three years i don't know for the longest time that's just how the division is look here here's how it became a thing christoph jocko was like the ultimate number 16th ranked middleweight and for anybody who wanted to get ranked you had to beat him and if you beat him then you became a ranked guy but if you couldn't you weren't you just wouldn't and Jocko's just beating everybody. He's just eking out decisions against all these guys who were like so close. So as that just continued to evolve, we just started after the Gerald Mearshart win, he was officially the middleweightiest middleweight champion because we thought maybe GM3 was going to get over that hump and he just couldn't. And then he was officially crowned that that champion. And then he fights Brennan Allen next. Brennan Allen beats him. So henceforth, he becomes the middleweightiest middleweight champion. But I feel like this has become such a thing. Like people are talking about it on Twitter. I think it was trending at one point, middleweightiest middleweight. Like people are just talking about this thing. This could be the evolution of the middleweightiest middleweight title. Brendan Allen could put his whole new twist on it. He could throw the belt in the trash and create his own new title. Like there's so much he could do with the power that he possesses after this victory over Andre Muniz. It's unbelievable. And that leads uh -huh. me to you, Shaheen, because AK, you and I are going to talk about this tomorrow. Sean, you're a wrestling fan. Do you remember when Chris Jericho was feuding with Dean Malenko and he said, oh yeah, Dean Malenko, you have, you're the man of a thousand holds. Well, I'm a man of a thousand and four holds. And he pulled out like this printer paper that was all attached together and he read off each hold one at a time. I felt like that's what Brendan Allen did with this call tonight. He just took out a big piece of paper, unrolled it and read every middleweight's name off the list in hopes of getting somebody. So if you are the UFC middleweight matchmaker right now, you're seeing Brennan Allen with this title, first title defense, big win over a guy like Andre Muniz. What do you do with him? What do you do with this man? Hmm. That's a good question. And I would say first, also the man called the shot. I have to say, I have to just throw that out there. The man called the shot. If you, if you check out MMA fighting a uh, great website, if you check it out this morning, <laughs> uh, an article came out from our good, our good friend, Damon Martin, Brendan Allen welcomes grappling batter with Andre Muniz quote. I think my jujitsu was just as good, if not better, man called his shot to a T and no one believed him. I'm sure when that article went out, all that you could imagine what the comments were, but man pulled it off. Uh, who's next. That's a good question for me. I mean, you're right. He kind of just sprayed the entire middleweight division there. He kind of just scatter shot at that. Uh, into the crowd and see who who's going to bite. I would like the Sean Strickland rematch. Uh, if you, if you kind of give me my druthers, that feels like an interesting fight for for the time. Sean's sort of in this same 
uh, place in the division where he's kind of in that 10 to 15 range uh, that I think Brendan Allen's now probably in as well. Uh, that to me feels like it'd be a good time for it. Uh, in, in regard, really, I mean, there's not, a, I wouldn't say there's a wrong answer, right? Roman Dolides, like, I think that could be good. Jack Hermanson, if you want to talk about middleweightiest middleweights, keep this, keep this train rolling. I think anyone in that range feels good of just sort of the lower end of the top 15, top 10 type of range. Yeah. And I mean, Brennan Allen picked a great time to win this fight because we got DDP Derek Brunson next week. Marvin Vittori's fighting Roman Delize at the London card, uh, UFC 286. So Hermanson doesn't have a dance partner. Who knows what the hell is going on with Paul Costa right now? So this is a great opportunity to get a win and have a great performance. And Brennan Allen gets it done, becomes the main event after Nikita Krylov gets shows up to the apex. He's ill, not cleared to fight. Ryan Spann reacted to it. Just, I felt so bad for the guy like initially. And then after watching his, his scrum in the back with, with the media members, man, your heart just broke for that, man. You go to MMAfighting.com and, and check that out. Courtesy of uh, our friends over at MMA mania, but congratulations to Brendan Allen. Audrey look, this guy is, he, he might not be fighting for a world title, but he's still very, very good. This is a setback. Nobody goes undefeated. It just doesn't happen unless you're Yaroslav Amosov or Habib Nurmagomedov and John Jones, depending on who you ask. But guy's still really good. There's still fun fights for him. He'll learn from it. He'll get better and excited to see what is next for him. But the NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. No, AK, you mentioned the Dontel Mays, uh, Augusta Sakai fight, and that's as much as we're going to talk about it unless people want to ask about it. But I think what people want to hear about and want to talk about is the successful return of Tatiana Suarez, AK. She comes back, Montana De La Rosa... Brought the fight to her. A little rusty at first. Tatiana had to get her bearings about her. And then eventually, once she got cooking and once that gear shifted up, boy, she was a wrecking ball. Gets a submission. She was all fired up. Very emotional. Rightfully so. Her man, Patchy Mix, in her corner. Shouted him out. What did you think of Tatiana Suarez's performance? Did this live up to the expectations you had? Because it was kind of impossible, right? It was kind of almost like unreachable expectations of what people wanted to see from her. Yeah, I think uh, this is why we talk about so much MMA. And, and, it's, and I, I'm not blaming the UFC for this. It's, I don't know if this is possible with just the way MMA is structured, like the concept of tune-up fights. This is why tune-up fights are so valuable. This is why fighters like Montana De La Rosa in her own way are valuable. Um, she, she uh, Just talking about uh, Montana for a second, she's a tough fighter. She has a skill set that you know theoretically could, uh, could like at least give difficulty to a fighter like uh, Tatiana Suarez. But at the same time, if you're the UFC, you probably don't view Montana as a contender. You think that she's someone that Tatiana can beat. Anyone watching right now is like, 
saying duh to every statement and i'm like yeah this is how combat sports should work you wish that when a fighter was coming back or a fighter who's falling in the rankings like an edmund shabazian for example like you wish there was what you wish they gave them fights like this to see, properly gauge where they are as opposed to just keep throwing them up against the brick wall of of other contenders of up-and-coming fighters like so again I, I say this with respect to montana she was the right matchup for tatiana and tatiana suarez played it perfectly i mean we we in our uh, our picks we do picks every week on our Slack channel. All of us picked second round finish for Tatiana Suarez. I think we all assumed it would be a bit of a feeling out period, which is what we saw. It wasn't like she just came out double leg Montana De La Rosa right away, slammed her, and went to work. It's like no, she had to go to work as the fan. She had to. She had to. You could see her just kind of having to rediscover the rhythm of being in a fight, of of doing MMA like actual competitive grappling. Because I'm sure she's. All the hours she put in practice, it's just never the same as actually being in there and 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 going up against someone that is fighting for their life, fighting for their careers. So she fought very smart. I thought the first round, very competitive. And then the second round, we saw what makes her so special. We saw the grappling. We saw her take it. We saw that strength. We saw her take over. Again, fighting in, in, in a weight class that is that is not her own. She certainly looks like a healthy-sized flyweight. But again, this is 10 pounds heavier than she normally competes. Plus, you know, I don't know, whatever weight she, uh, you know, she actually weighed in on a fight night. So, um, yeah, it played out as we expected. She, if, if people think that, you know, or sorry, thought that Tatiana Suarez was a surefire contender three years ago, I don't see why that should change after tonight. Um, this, this was the right matchup for her. And it was the, uh, it was a great performance. And most importantly, I think everyone's really excited to see her next fight. And that, that's, you know, the whole, that's one, another uh, objective of a tune-up fight is, make this fighter familiar with people again and 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 build up her next appearance so i think it did that in spades so top marks 10 out of 10 all around for the matchmakers and for for tatiana suarez we'll get shaheen's reaction to this in, in a moment but casey we do have some breaking news if you want to fire the breaking news music we have bonuses ladies and gentlemen yeah this is weird not surprising not surprising brendan allen performance of the night Tatiana Suarez performance of the night, but also Mike Malott performance of the night, Trevor Peak performance of the night, Jordan Levitt performance of the night, and Joe Selecki performance of the night. So anyone who got a finish tonight got themselves an extra 50 Gs. What there the? you go. You love to what? see it. I'm finish bonuses, you love baby. To see Hold on. You love to see it, but why? Why this card? Well, I don't. I don't understand. How is this fair to fighters on other cards? Like I don't understand. They had a whole bunch of extra money because they didn't have to pay the main eventers tonight. But why? Why doesn't uh, I'm just trying, I'm just looking at last week's card, by the way. Why doesn't Philippe Linz get a bonus for a 49 second knockout last week? Why is he stiff 50 Gs? Like I don't. How is this fair? Why we we mentioned this I think after UFC 283, which is a really good card, had a ton of exciting finishes, and only four bonuses were handed out there. One fight of the night. Like I'm so glad all these guys got paid, but this should be as as Shaheen just said. It should be a finished bonus. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I'd be so pissed if I'm one of these fighters on one of these other cards. Why did they choose arbitrarily to give out six bonuses tonight? This is dumb. I mean, you go back 15 years, they were arbitrarily choosing that certain cards would be 80K, certain cards would be 90K, certain cards would be 100K. Like... And yeah. that's always how this this stupid system works. You just end up, you just pray that you're on the right side of the arbitrary luck, right? Finish bonuses is the way, though. That that I, at least I'm glad they did that tonight. Like if that's just the the thing we're gonna do moving forward, that would be excellent. Obviously, we know that's not gonna be the case, but that would be great. That would be great. And then if there's like an absolute banger, give that fight of the night too. Like you you can do it. You have the money. Let's you can it do happen. it. But you can do it. You can that's do the it. Thing. That's the thing. Like people, fans always argue, like, "Oh, it's there. It's not your money. It's easy for you to give it away." Y'all, they were literally giving out eighty k bonuses fifteen years ago, guys. Like they were giving out more money way yeah, back in yeah. the day. Like they make it. They're making money hand over fist. They have the money. They're fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about the OC. Yeah, if I had their money, I'd probably give more on bonuses. But I don't have their money, so I mean, if they want a couple bucks, I can I can help you out there. But well, you're a generous uh, one, man, Mike. We all know you're a generous man. I try to do it. I try to do what I can. But Tatiana Suarez is $50,000 richer, Shaheen, and she should be after that performance. Did this live up to the expectations for you? Because not we've been waiting almost four years for this. And she comes back. I, I thought Montana De La Rosa, perfect opponent to come back to. She ain't going to back down. Good size. She's strong. She's tough. She's 
got skills everywhere. She's good at everything. I thought this is perfect matchmaking, and this fight played out almost exactly the way I thought it would. Did it live up to expectations is an interesting way to frame it, because I think a lot of people probably had expectations that maybe surpassed what we saw tonight, right? Like, she wasn't ever in trouble tonight. It was it was a route pretty through and through, but it, she did sort of take a while to get her bearings. Uh, but to that, to anyone who I would say dis- is disappointed or maybe underwhelmed by this, like, again, contextualize it, right? Four years, basically, four years away, it is not an easy thing to come in here and four after four years away, just reacclimate yourself right away to, to the situation, the lights, live live opposition rather than sparring, all of that. Not everybody can be Dominic Cruz who can come back after three, four-year breaks and destroy Tegea Mizugaki in like less than a minute or win a belt against TJ Dillashaw. Like that's just not the norm. So like AK said, I think on our Slacks channel, our internal Slacks channel, we all picked second round finish. Seemed like that was always going to kind of be the path. Take those first five minutes, really feel your way through it reacclimate yourself to, to the octagon and just this environment and then really go for it. And that's what we saw. And to me, I was impressed by Tatiana Suarez coming back from the, such a long layoff like this and really kind of throwing up a flawless performance, right? Like she was never really in trouble. She didn't really get hurt. She didn't really, she kind of was able to be successful in everything she was trying to do in there. Uh, and that's the thing, man. Like if, if, if Tatiana Suarez is able to be here this year, that is a good thing for the, the the women's divisions as a whole because this is one of the best talents in women's MMA, or at least she was back in 2018, 2017, 2019 range when all of us were out here saying that she's going to be a future champion. At 115, she instantly makes that top mix so much more interesting than it's been in a while because we've kind of had the same, for as fun as most of these fights have been. And I say most because obviously you have Rose and Carla out there sitting on an island. But for the most part, these top fights at 115 have been really fun. But they've also just been retreads and recycling of the same few people, right? Rose, Carla, Zhang, um, and uh, Andrade, right? Those four are sort of just cycling in and out. And Joanna was in that mix too before she retired. Suarez instantly to me belongs in that conversation. I don't know that I instantly want to see her fight anyone of that ilk, although maybe Carla, Carla rematch would maybe be interesting. Uh, I think a similar result would play out in the way we saw it in 2018. But I would still like to see Tatiana maybe get one more to work her way into that mix at 115, get the weight cut right, really just do this. slow. We, we can slow roll this to a certain degree. We don't need to just rush her there. But she belongs just talent-wise now in that conversation, in my mind. And one thing that makes her really supremely interesting for a potential opponent, for Zhang, ultimately down the road, is something that I think AK mentioned, which is the strength, right? Like Tatiana Suarez is so impossibly strong at 115, uh, and that is exactly what we've seen from Zhang as well. She is just a fire hydrant in there. She is so strong, and the, the this combined strength of those two women – the way their styles would mesh together, to me, would be a supremely interesting fight. I hope we can get to it. Uh, but this would, tonight was a perfect first step. Again, reintroducing herself. I think also, like, she's been gone long enough to where the actual MMA audience, or at least 50%, 60% of the MMA audience right now, a lot of the new fans, pandemic fans, they probably don't have no idea who Tatiana Suarez is, right? Like, we're just talking about her in, in these terms and in these glowing ways. But I think a lot of the fan base, this was probably their first experience with Tatiana Suarez unless they went back and rewatched some of her old fights. So, again, just reintroducing yourself to a whole new fan base, reintroducing yourself after four years away, and reintroducing yourself just to, to an environment uh, with these type of stakes I think Tatiana Suarez passed every test that she could have tonight, and I'm very excited for the idea of this being her year to finally get back and be healthy because I still have a lot of faith in her. I had a I, I had a friend that I went to high school with text me today about that exact thing, and he knew who Trevor Peak was more than Tatiana Suarez heading into yeah. tonight. It's a long That's time, man. To think about, it's <laughs> insane to think about. Oh man. What a performance. Yeah, 115 is going to be a lot of fun. AK, I'm sure we'll be talking about the matchmaking for her. I, I think Montana De La Rosa deserves a lot of credit. That is, she's been put in a lot of tough positions. She has just fought killer after killer. Apparently, Dana White's, Dana White's talking to the media right now, and uh, she put Montana over as a badass, so uh, good on her. It's just a tough fight. Not a lot of people are going to say yes to that, and Montana probably didn't even hesitate to say yes, and... I thought this was perfect matchmaking. This is the perfect opponent. And Montana had some moments in the fight and showed that she's strong as hell too. So good stuff. Congratulations, Tatiana Suarez. What a year it's going to be for, for her and her boyfriend, Patchy Mix, who's about to fight, fight Rafi on Stotts for the 
interim bantamweight title in Bellator in April in Hawaii for the million dollars. So uh, great performance there. AK, let me go to you. Any other performance that really stood out to you tonight? Mentioned Trevor Peak. There's there's some others from the bonus winners. Any fight? Any any individual performance kind of under the radar that isn't going to age particularly well with this never ending news cycle that you would like to shout out here? I mean, I talk about I got to talk about Canadians, Mike. I mean. Mike Malott winning a 50 G's for that. Uh, you know, he was expected to be Johan Linus, but still great job. Another finish for him, 2-0 in the UFC, uh, both by finish. And 50,000 USD, you know, that's like 800,000 Canadian. So <laughs> he's become, like he's going to come back to Ontario and it's just, it, it, he's, it's literally changes the whole economy, him getting that bonus. So uh, I'm a little scared, but congrats to him. Uh, and uh, oh, I just want to say this name because I want to say how she said it was pronounced on the MR. Yeah, Jas- Yasmin. Yasu Davishis, apparently, is the the uh, you know if you don't want to anglicize it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and roll with that. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Jasmine because it's much easier. But Yasmine Yasu Davishis uh, looked great. She looked great. She was the underdog uh, going in, if I'm not mistaken. I believe the the line had had gone in favor of um, Gabriela Fernandez. Very, very slight, very slight. But people have been counting out uh, Jasmine. I don't think her last fight obviously she didn't look that great in it. Um, you have people like Connor Burks hating on her. <laughs> and uh, he's paid the price. He's taking his licks on social media, so he's a good man. I've got to shout out both my Canadians. I, I don't know what the ceiling for both these fighters are, I'll be honest. I, th- I think Malat looks good at welterweight, but again, we're, we'll see. Let, you know how it is with me. I like to see a guy or, or a gal go like 3-0 and and then give them a step up. So let's take our time with Mike Malat. This was only his what, ninth pro fight, I think, ninth or tenth pro fight. So um, he looks you know, he looks like a guy who's more advanced than that, but – I, I don't see any needs to, to rush him, to rush him anywhere. So um, good from a lot. And uh, sa- same with uh, Jasmine. Um, it's there, listen, we know flyweight's actually a, you know a, a tougher division than people give it credit for. Uh, we've been saying this for years. Some people, Air <laughs> Hawani, just recently got on the bandwagon saying like, "Oh, this is suddenly such an intriguing division." We've been we've been bigging up women's one twenty five for a long time. So. Um, I don't know where she where she sits in that. But two and one the UFC, not bad. Again looks more experienced than her than her record would suggest so i don't know maybe she does have future as a ranked uh, flyweight but either way i'm not projecting any big things for either fighter yet typical humble canadian um but i I was happy to see him get the win and uh good day good day for canadians overall Uh, shout out to jeremy kennedy yes shaheen who is like your 10th player award winner for ufc vegas 70 I mean, I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to just change the question. I'm going to go off the board. I'm talking about Yaroslav Amosov because what we just saw today at Bellator 291, like I don't even know if we're going to get to it. We just saw one of the best welterweights in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Like, like this is, it's official. You have to pay attention. You don't have, you, you don't have to do anything. You do whatever you want. I'm not your dad. But you should pay attention <laughs> if you're a good MMA fan because Yaroslav Amosov just pulled off an incredible feat tonight coming in here, uh, basically beating the brakes off at Logan Storley far, far worse than he did the first time around these guys fought. This man just basically lost a year off of the prime of his career fighting a war, an actual war to defend his country from an invasion and somehow came in here tonight looking better and more prepared and more well-rounded and just generally more dangerous than he ever has before in his entire life. He looks sensational, Mike. Like Yaroslav Emisov, we has been out of out of sight, out of mind because he hasn't really fought since 2021. But this man is 27 and 0 at this point. That is an obscene record to pull off in MMA, and a lot of that is against very high level competition, regardless of what you think of Bellator. Yaroslav Emisov just pulled off one of the feel good stories of the year today. Uh, and again, I I am so supremely impressed by this guy. And if you have a top 10 just globally when it comes to the welterweight rankings. And you don't have Yaroslav Amosov in your top ten. You're just doing it wrong. That's frankly, that's that's the truth. You're just a Bellator hater at this at this point because that man again, so damn impressed on a lot of facets, on a lot of factors of how he pulled off what he pulled off tonight. Because Logan Storley is no one's mark, and Yaroslav Amosov handled him easy. Man, that was an incredible fight. That was the most incredible performance of the night. It is impossible to look good in a fight against Logan Storley. It's impossible to look good against him. Even when Amazon beat him the first time, he didn't look good. It was a no. fun fight. Like he made Storley a little more fun, but he didn't look great in that fight. He looked good enough to win. He looked spectacular tonight. Spectacular. He looked like a top five welterweight. 
I think he's a top five. striking got so much better. Like it's and it was really good anyways. And people don't really talk about it because they remember the Douglas Lima fight and he just took Lima down over and over and over again, just frustrated the hell out of him. But man, he was the 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 footwork, the movement, everything he did tonight was just spot on. He had Storley bleeding like a sieve three minutes into the fight. It was crazy. He just looked he looked fantastic. I will say this, AK and I'll let you wax poetically on Amosov if you like as well. Uh, Yaroslav Amosov, in my rankings, at worst, will be number six. He might be number five. I can't hate on But he will at worst be number six. On ours right now, I have him number five. I can't hate on it. Yeah, he's that good. I'm that impressed. And I think he beats a lot. I don't know if he's the best welterweight in the world, but he beats a lot of guys. He beats a lot of guys in that top ten. AK, your thoughts on Amosov's performance, and why are you going to rank him number 13? No, no, he, this, hey, listen, I have him higher than most. Listen, this is one of those situations where I'm, I'm not going gaga about it because I already had him ranked higher than most of you jokers did. All right. I know about Amosov. I've, I, you know, I've, I've spoken to Amosov. He's a, he's a good, humble man. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I, I have him at number seven already. Now, the question is, how much am I going to move him up? I know, uh, and again, in our internal discussions, we've kind of all thrown out some names that, uh, his that Amosov should jump over, and I kind of agree. It, it's hard. Uh, it, we've we talked about this with Lorenz Larkin recently. We've talked about it with what kind of what's my, what's going to happen with Johnny Eblen going forward. Is uh, Amosov is at risk of getting bellatored, which is to say it's it, they, it's hard for them to find um, really top shelf comparable competition for him to face in that promotion right now there's good names listen like he like i said he can rack up tail defenses amasov and Avalon, i'm talking about both of them they can rack up tail defenses there but these fighters just don't have that cachet or just don't have that track record that you get have when you're fighting in the ufc that's just how it is that's just how it is and, and i'm not just saying it's a matter of name i do think if you look at some of the best names that you see and you look at their histories there's a reason why they are in the top 10 it, it isn't just the promotion they fight for so yeah i don't know how high Evelyn can go i don't know how high amasov can go in my rankings he's behind like Bala muhammad colby cummington and gilbert burns those are the three names directly ahead of him and theoretically, he should be able to jump them, but all those guys have such strong resumes and have uh, have done well recently. It's not like any of these guys have really fallen off. We can debate the Covington thing if we want to. Uh, he just hasn't fought, but it, it's hard for me to put him over him. So I, I'm not going to make any guarantees right now that he rises above seven. There, there is a chance I just keep him there. Um, I don't want to get you know too caught up in the moment because I, I like Amazon a lot, but I already had him high. So I don't know if I necessarily feel the need to course correct here and, and suddenly bolt him up. But certainly, I will say this. You match him up with any of anyone ahead of him, yeah. I like his chances. I, I, I literally, maybe Shemaev, if you want to, you know, if you're still on that bandwagon, which I kind of am, that's the one where I would like definitely pick Shemaev to beat him. But I like how he matches up with Leon Edwards, Usman, Burns, all these guys, like Muhammad. He's really good. He's just a really good, well-rounded welterweight. And uh, 27-0 doesn't happen by accident. Yes. Uh, shout out to Trevor Peak. That guy's just wonderful. Uh, no shout out to <laughs> Kerry Hatley for allowing poor Eric Gonzalez to just take way too much punishment. Like that was brutal. Just he gets knocked down. Trevor Peak just being the wonderful man that he is, looking at the referee like we're done here, right? And the ref's just standing there, and he goes, "Oh man!" And he has to actually unleash brutal two topic. brutal uppercuts. Finally, Hatley steps in and stops it. Uh, Trevor Peak is just so much fun. So congratulations to him. And then uh, one more for Bellator. We talked about this on the on the People's Pre-Fight Show. The Bellator prelims are kind of tough to watch. They were just – it was just long. It felt like where I was watching Bellator fights for like 14 hours. Uh, but just when we needed a finish, just when we needed to, to change course a little bit, young Norbert Norveni Jr. comes in and just throttles a man uh, in like three minutes. Every time he touched this man, he fell to the floor. Uh, and the referee – just was like dude if i let you continue to fight uh you're gonna get hurt real real bad so this is the opposite of what carrie hatley did uh and young norbert Novenyi jr at just 23 years of age this man is a problem at 185 pounds this man could be contending for the middleweightiest middleweight title representing team bellator but this kid's gonna be real good a fight is going to happen in the next three years between this guy and johnny eblin and it is going to be unreal so just just preparing you. That's how high I am in this kid. He's not going to fight him anytime soon, but two to three years, 
he, he missed two and a half years already due to an injury and COVID and all this stuff, but he came back in a big way tonight and just, we needed to finish so badly. He comes through and gives it to us. So congratulations to him. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it wasn't a bad night of fights. It sucked losing the main event, but we got what we ended up at 10, 10 fights. Pretty solid. We saw more history too. We saw more history. We saw the continuation of the domination, the legacy of Phil DeFreeze, KSW, yes, the greatest right. heavyweight champion in the history of Poland. Are you kidding me? Phil DeFreeze, eight, what is this now? Eight, eight title defenses deep? Eight on, in man. a row. That's the greatest heavyweight title run besides Fedor. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? This is great. He he like he demolished Todd Duffy too. Like, that wasn't even a fight. Todd Duffy no. didn't put up any sort of fight that that was a wash through and through. And then calls out Alistair Overeem. Like, let's get Love Alistair it. Overeem on those KSW uh PEDs, you know, like those KSW drugs. Get him, get him all juiced up, get Uberim back, throw him in against Phil DeFreeze. Let's go, let's have some fun, Mike. Oh, I'm so I'm so fired up right now. I didn't think it'd be this jacked up after UFC Vegas 70. Uh, Jordan Levitt just chucking him out there, getting knockouts. That was pretty impressive. Uh, Ode Os- Osborne, Charles Johnson. It's a fun fight. Uh, Joe Selecki, what a what a nice guy. What what a great family. His wife's pregnant, about to about to have the next kid, and Joe's like, ah, oh, you know, I know you can't come to Vegas, like you're. I'm sorry I had to leave you. And she just came to Vegas anyway, surprised him during his weight cut. I mean, what what a couple those two are. And then uh, Nerulo Aliyev apparently biting people but still winning fights. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't – like I had no – we were doing the pre-fight the show, so I had no rule? idea what happened. What's the golden rule? Just cheat. Always just cheat. Always cheat. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I, did, I didn't think biting would be a part of the the, the, the cheating – the cheating festivities but hey listen apparently nothing is off limits at this point and he gets his first ufc win so good job buddy good job just 22 years of age when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do we have questions, Casey? Oh, How are the hi. peeps reacting to hi. such just a wild day oh. of comments? Oh, okay. the poll, AK. The poll. The poll, by the way. The poll. We didn't even get to AK's favorite part of the day. No, yet. of course. Listen, who won? Our, we had a poll. We put a poll up. We got a lot of votes already. Who won Saturday Fight Day? Of course, UFC, I guess most it's the one most people watched. 46%. Bellator actually pretty close behind, 32%. And KSW tied with Mayweather Chalmers at 11%. Uh, Mayweather Chalmers had like nothing when I started the polls. So a late surge there. I guess people want to talk about it. Um, there's not a lot to say. It was a pretty dull watch. Not like not like bad. It had a very brisk pace. There was literally almost no like padding. It was like a fight. Uh, all the fights were exhibitions, I think. Um, uh, yeah, all the fights were exhibitions. So it was a, 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 a exhibition ranging anywhere from three to four, like uh, three to four rounds i don't think any of the ones on the undercard were more than uh, four rounds um two minute rounds so the fights were brisk again they would talk about it a little bit after send out the next people so it, it, the fights were not particularly great um so some people put in a really fine effort like i'm not going to hate on on that but there just wasn't a lot of like excitement um i'm not surprised the crowd took their time the crowd at o2 arena is where this took place kind of took their time shuffling in but seemed like a pretty decent house by the end the co-main, I shouldn't even call it that, but I guess we have to. Shaheen, I know you and I were both watching this featuring oh, yeah. the, the, these. We've they, made they, terrible so these, decisions in our life. That's okay. Two women, Natalie Nunn and Tommy Lee. I'm guessing more. Some people are more familiar with these two women than I am. Uh, you had to do some googling. They're they're housewives of Atlanta. Mm, it was something like love and hip hop Atlanta was oh love and hip hop Atlanta excuse me I don't know I don't know if this okay there it's it sounds like they're previous reality show veterans um much like Aaron Chalmers himself in the main event uh and then they were also they're part of a new show uh I'm doing free advertisement here people (laughs) a new show on the Zeus network it's an online I don't think it's a tv channel I'm pretty sure it's online only the Zeus network called baddies 
Shaheen, Shaheen, you're, I'm going to you. I'm throwing to you here. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging because you were talking about this for the rest of the night. You, 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 you referenced this fight in our private conversations like seven or eight times after, like later on. And I was like, stop. I meant to say, I said, say, stop talking about the baddies. It was just a really ugly, I mean, it feel, based on the description, you can tell. I, I couldn't find a video. I don't know if anyone, like, uh, even out, like a legal video, but it's just these two women uh, who did not look to be anywhere near the same weight class, uh, throwing hands, literally, like, not boxing, just literally throwing hands at each other. One of them was definitely other. not wearing, like, a boxing top. Like, it was not... Design. No, it's like a normal like workout top or something. Anyway, and then uh, it was weird. She weird the one you're talking about. I believe this is Tommy Lee. Like she kind of like flopped down in between rounds, and they thought she was hurt, but she was like trolling them. It was really weird. And then they had to. There was like a ponytail stoppage. Yeah. Yes. Well, she was getting wrecked, and then they went to go, and then the referee's like, "Okay, this is enough. This is ridiculous." And then her corner was like, "Oh, don't worry. We're just going to fix up her ponytail. It's like causing a vision issue." So she thought the fight wasn't going to continue, and the referee was saying multiple times, "Like, no, no, it's over. This fight is over." So uh, I wish I could tell people to go find a replay of it or find more coverage of it on MMAfighting.com, but we didn't really talk about it much. I don't want to we're make talking, a post for it. talking about it a lot now. <laughs> I, I literally, <laughs> I, talking to, about to, to let the people know, I jumped into, I was the last one to jump into our little video thing that we have going on here. Uh-huh. And you guys were already talking. And as I jumped in, you, you, the first thing you said to me was, you can't mention the baddies, Sean. You can't, can't mention the baddies. baddies. You just did like a whole play by play of the baddies. Exactly. I said, yeah. I said, you can't. I said, you can't. That's just, that, yes. My wording was very specific. I didn't say none of us can't. I said, you can't. Because I, I think you, because you loved it too much. And it, is there something you'd like to say about that fight, Gene? Uh, no, no, I think you covered okay. most of it. Okay, um, and then I, I'm pretty sure the replay of that has been wiped off the internet already. By yeah. Okay, and I didn't see anyone tweeting anything about. It. Even Kaposa didn't touch that, or, or Matisic <laughs> on Twitter. And these guys cover everything. So, is there going to be a robbery review? Uh, yeah, definitely. No, definitely. No, no. that was yeah, the right. That's the coverage you're going to say. Right. The, uh, but Mayweather Chalmers was what you would expect. Uh, Mayweather, this was an eight-round fight, though originally on screen they had it as six rounds. It was very confusing. The broadcast seemed to not know how many rounds there were. Uh, I believe it was advertised as eight-round or two, so I'm not sure what happened there. Um, so eventually two rounds were tacked on, and the, the commentators were like, oh, did, are they just getting extra rounds? Anyway. Um, but yeah, Aaron Chalmers, Bellator veteran, not the most seasoned boxer. Could, couldn't touch Floyd for eight rounds. I mean, Floyd was just styling on him, talking to the cameraman. He's talking to people at ringside, talking to his corner, just talking to Aaron Chalmers and uh, picking him apart with his jab. It was like, it was, listen, if you like Floyd Mayweather, not a good human being, but certainly a good boxer, um, you probably enjoyed it. You got to see a lot of what Floyd does in his fights, but even more offensive than usual because he's fighting a guy who he's not, has zero fear of. And um, yeah, people who went to go pay, whatever paid their hard-earned money to, to watch him at the OT Arena certainly got their money's worth. They got to see Floyd Mayweather box and and that was it so I don't know like not it's weird I, I'm kind of passionless about the event like I don't it wasn't it the best like I've ever seen no but if you I <laughs> listen mean, the baddies right <laughs> listen if you paid but if you paid money for this if you're if you're like I'm a huge Floyd Mayweather fan I just want to see Floyd Mayweather fight I'm paying pay-per-view or I'm paying for a ticket you weren't you weren't disappointed you were like yeah this is this is what this is what exhibitions should be now. this is if this is what Floyd Mayweather Floyd, Floyd Mayweather exhibitions are <laughs> For the rest of time, then you're probably gonna be happy following his exhibition career because this is this is what you get. If you're a baddie, okay. did you get your money's worth? Uh, you got more than your money's worth. Awesome. You 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 should have paid extra if you were a baddies fan. So, sounds yeah. like a great show. That's all I uh-huh. hear. Okay, how was the how, how was the crowd? Because I I mean I saw videos of people like walking through the concourse and there was literally nobody in the concourse you know, at all. I saw that too. That was a little unfair because that was yeah. like just before the quote unquote undercard started and the undercard like i said was not was was bad was bad it was it was bad it was all exhibition bouts some other i think there was another influencer fight on there but i wasn't familiar with either boxer so that obviously wasn't enough to draw people in to come in early that's why someone would if you're just watching from home you'd be like oh yeah i know this person but you wouldn't show up early for them um because again like i said by the main event even by the third third to last fight in the card 
I think it was about as filled up as, as it could be. I don't know if it's sold out, but it, it was a healthy crowd. So those videos were a little, were a little unfair. There, there were people there. Okay. AK, AK, you, you left out the best part of the Chalmers Mayweather fight, the whole experience, oh, no. which was like, so the whole time these guys are fighting, it says round one of six, round one uh-huh. of seven, or two of six, yeah. three of I six, mentioned like it. the whole way. Yep. The, then we finished round six, and it seemed like everyone in ring just sort of unanimously decided, like, hey, let's just do two more. <laughs> no. You guys want to go to eight? Yeah. Let's just go to eight. And so, like, the, the, crowd, the announcers had no idea what was going on. And all That's of a sudden, fantastic. It, the, yeah, it was it was I, a great audible. Hold on. I, listen, I mentioned this. And then this, all of a sudden, it, the, counter, the counter at the bottom says round yeah. seven of eight. They just had it One ready. more round. One more we round. Yeah. We, hold on. We can't misrepresent this. I believe it was advertised an eight-round fight, and the broadcast just screwed up the broadcast did not know what was Dude, going because we no, originally even if it, if it if anyone was following the live blog <clears throat> we originally had it as an eight rounder so i do think i and then i ch- i was literally changing it on the fly i'm like okay it's a six rounder i saw it on screen i changed even chalmers on the mma hour this week though had no idea whether it was yeah. six or oh, whatever it was like okay. it was just kind of what, in what? the air the hmm. entire time it's whatever we feel like once we get to that moment and there's a like lot it. of, it's true though there's a lot of things we didn't know uh oh, yeah. fight, whether it whether it would even happen Floyd didn't show up to the weigh-ins, like the ceremonial well, you know, weigh-ins. I mean, when it's your birthday, just, you got you got birthday business to attend to. You it was his birthday on Friday. You know a lot about birthdays, say, AK. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I, I love them. <laughs> uh, I will say, because we haven't mentioned it yet, and I was the one who covered one championship for the website yesterday. I do just want to mention the one championship main event Friday night because it was utterly sensational. It was one of the it was probably my favorite fight of February, unless I'm missing one that just off the top of my head, just thinking about it. But like Fabrizio Andrade versus uh, John Lineker, if you haven't seen that, dial up Amazon Prime, go watch that. That was a hell of a fight, man. Hell of a scrap. And, and Andrade is for real, guys. Like he he put the wood to John Lineker to the point where John Lineker's <clears throat> team had to stop it going into the fifth round. And it was an incredibly brave and, and correct call mm-hmm. by his team to stop it. Like all the kudos in the world to John Lineker's team for making that executive decision right there because we've seen it in MMA that that's just not a very acceptable, accepted sort of practice in MMA to stop these fights mid-round and save the fighters from themselves. Uh, especially for someone like Lineker who has – who still had one a punch power. victory. He still yeah. had that path of victory, and they and they were brave enough to save their their fighter. Brave's Sorry, the right call. Yeah, no, no, Brave's the, the mm. perfect call because you're 100 percent right. Even in that fourth round, Lineker was landing his trademark Lineker hooks. Like he was landing a couple of them. But dude, Andrade had a has a chin on it, man. He was eating those like it was nothing, and just walking through it, straight through it. That's not twice. This man's just really blasted the hell out of John Lineker for a 25 year old like. I know people aren't going to be thinking about Fabricio Andrade a lot in the U.S. when it comes to top bantamweights or featherweights or whatever you want to consider these dudes in one championship. Uh, but, man, that kid's a talent. That is That was an utterly sensational fight. Did you enjoy that fight more than Makachev Volkanovsky? No. So there you go. I knew there was one I was missing. I was curious. I mean, I, it, you, I, don't, I don't know if there's a wrong answer to this because I – they were both enjoyable in totally different ways. You know what I mean? Like this, I mean, that was a fun fight. That was really fun to watch last night. Yeah. It was different fun. And it was in a ring. And it was in a ring. It was in a ring. So much better. At, at Lumpai, Lung, I guess the new Lumpei, how do you say it? Lumpei Stadium in Thailand. So uh, that was awesome. I just wish that place was lit up. So it was just really, it's shot so weird. Did it look really underexposed? to you on your tvs like some shots were just yeah dark okay it was, yeah the production yeah, it was, just, was a little strange it was just it's like it's just dark it was just weird okay i just i wasn't sure if it was my tv or not so i'm glad everyone's weird experience but yeah i will say too uh for anyone who's fiending for for extra violence the fight right before <laughs> the lineker fight was like a muay thai one championship championship fight i don't i'm not a muay thai guy so i'm not mm-hmm. familiar with either of the two gentlemen but ended in like a 40 something second leg kick ko oh that was go watch that one shot go leg kick that. ko Oof. it was oh that'll that'll give you nightmares just no crazy leg break or anything like that but just no thud and just like baseball nope. bat yeah yeah just instant yeah, it's weird. Like when you get when guys get like really good body shots, you know, it's like a half second, second. You get a really hard leg kick. It's like immediate. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. That was I'm it. Out. He literally just. Walked. It was like, like, it, was like it was. It was yeah. instant. As soon as it kicked, and like the, before the, his opponent's foot even hits the ground, he's just like, I'm done. <laughs> it was amazing. 
All right. What are the peeps have, saying, Casey? We have a few questions. Yeah. Oops. Uh, okay. Do, 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 do. Let me see what we got here. Um, yeah, a lot, lot of love for Amosov, actually, on the, in the comments. So um, I'm glad we brought it up. Yeah, a lot of love for him. We have a very um, sophisticated fan base here at MMA. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do. We love you guys. We say it all the time. We say it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Fight of the weekend. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. He's right. Uh, do, 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 um, uh, I had, I had, I'm sorry. Um, super bummed out for my teammate, Eric Gonzalez, getting his butt kicked tonight. But let's talk about Trevor Peak. Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak was a crazy fight. What is the ceiling for Trevor Peak, and what is next for him? Uh, perhaps he'll be a wild card on on to the next one, so I don't want to give my answer, James. I, I don't know yet, but uh, Shaheen, I mean, Trevor's just fun, man. Like, he j- is just super fun. That's What you saw tonight is what you're going to see every time that man fights. He's, uh, he's very Luke-ish in a lot of ways, where it's just like, but not quite. He's a greener version of Luke, if, if that makes sense. And that, I mean, that's just amazing, right? This guy's you say so he's fun. Nico Price ish. He's in the middle. He's like kind of in the middle. Can I suggest something? He's a bit of a, a lightweight, um, a lightweight Derek Lewis. He just threw Ooh. hammers, and when he and when he, and, and Eric Gonzalez is uh, he's that's very good on the ground, good one. and because because and Peach just like. He didn't technique it. He just muscled his way up. I don't know. I was like, he just muscled his way up. I, I was about to go, oh, yeah, that's that wrestling. I know I know those takedowns. I know those takedowns. I've been taken down by those. And he just got up. I was like, oh, that's all you had to do? <laughs> it was just like, so uh, that I was just throw that at there a bit. Just, that's a good just one. throw hammers and just get up. I don't know what I'll his ceiling fu- is, but he, if he's fun. Lightweight, yeah. man. All, all good names. Best division in the sport. Yeah. Best division in the whole damn sport, bar none. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Always has been, always will be. <laughs> shot at Bantamweight. Listen, we see, just say it. I'm just, just saying. If you want to, if you want to be a shot honest. at Bantamweight, take a shot at Bantamweight. The real hey, best division. Bantamweight's right great. Bantamweight's great. But the real best division. and Rogers is a good fight. I'm just saying. Bar none. Bar none. Bar none. Yeah. Bar, bar none. Yes. Come on. Yes. Bar none. Yes. Unequivocal. Bar, bar one. No. <laughs> <laughs> People don't say bar uh, one enough. We didn't actually talk about this at all, but uh, I think this needs to be talked about. <laughs> Should Span and Kraloff run it back in San Antonio? That card is on the is on main ESPN, and it needs some help. Um, I don't know, man. Kind of I tough. Mean, all, Dana, these, all these fight night yeah. need help, right? Like, what yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. One doesn't need help more than the other. Uh, is the San Antonio card that Antonio. bad? But what, I mean, what? the San Antonio card has Nate Landwehr versus Alex Caceres, which is just going to be the best type of bananas. So, like, I'm 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 all in on that. Best type of bananas. <laughs> do we do we know at all? But, and this is complete conjecture, by the way. Uh, Haley Cowan conjecture. also pulled out with an illness, and I think we found out they said uh, with Krilov it was a uh, food related. That's what food they poison said. Needed food food yeah. born. Yeah. Do we think poor Haley Haley Cowan, who was supposed to fight Eileen Perez? On the on the uh, you know opened the card Saturday's card and pulled out yesterday. Um, do we think that she may have also been struck by some bad sushi or something? We'll have to look Does into this. I'm just saying. I apologize to sushi. I'm just saying. A lot of people get sick from sushi sometimes. It's you know you got to prepare really well. Because uh, she also like I said she said she had a, an illness. She said not related to her weight cut. Uh, she called it outside medical issues. So I don't know. Could be something yeah. obviously completely different. Yeah. I hope I hope that's not what happened at the apex. Uh, just getting taken out by a by a bad meal or by a, by a, a cook having yeah. an off day or something because that would be a very very depressing. But yeah, if that- uh, Ryan Span is. Yeah, but it's, that sucks for Span and Krylov. Imagine Krylov have a big training camp, fly to the other side of the world, eat a bad sandwich, I and had, then, you know, that's it's just, a main event for them. Like we we it, make yeah. light of it, but it's a main event for them. And that's no, that's and a listen, career I, highlight. The thing is, I didn't make light of it. I had talked myself into this fight mattering because I had in my predictions, I was like, light heavyweight is kind of weird division anyway right now. Um, it, it's not crazy that one of these guys could have gotten a big win tonight, and by the end of the year. Like could have fought for the title with the right matchups. Like it's not crazy. It's not crazy. So Ranking I had actually wise, absolutely. Mind, yeah, absolutely. yeah, light heavyweight is in flux. It's in flux. We we had we had, we've had we just had Glover retire. Yuri Prokashka. We don't know when he's coming back. Jamal Hill just won the UFC title. Um, it's it's just not a like a super solid 
top 15 right now. It really isn't. And both these guys are already ranked and they're one or two wins, one or two wins away from getting the right matchup and maybe fighting for a title. I don't know. So I was I was really disappointed. Yeah. Assuming Kradov isn't hurt like sick sick and like he'll be he'll he'll be good in a a week, I don't know. Do they do this like Spivak Lewis and they kind of just bump it a month or so? Yeah, run it back. If if, if Kralov's okay by then. Yeah. It's a fight that made sense for the division. Sense. All right, cool. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dana said Dana said they're gonna try to run it back, and if for some reason Krylov can't go, they're gonna like focus on getting Span something quicker. Ooh. Oh man, I just saw this. So this question about Jordan Levitt. What's next for good old Jordan Levitt? Can you imagine Jordan Levitt versus uh, the guy we just talked about, the lightweight? Peter Peak. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that might be like the that. weirdest fight of all time. I like that. I know. I just, I just like imagined it right now. I was like, oh my god, just. I want to see a full oh. countdown show. I want to see the full prime time on that. <laughs> just, yeah. so guy, just a random prelim. UFC spends millions of dollars promoting this random prelim between Levitt and Peak. Also, full marks to Levitt's corner for for pulling off the move where they caught him in midair and did the little oh, dance yeah. move. Like that was great. That was tremendous. That's a trademark. The uh, the dirty dancing. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah okay. Cruz. There you go. Dirty dancing. I was trying to yeah. remember what that's from. Dominic yeah. Cruz was so excited about it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Do the dance. Do the dance, Levitt." Um, oh, they, uh, yeah. He's been doing. I mean, they're ready. They already know what's coming. Since his first pro fight, the amateur fights, he was doing that stuff. So yeah. 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 Um, and That's I guess uh, Love it peaks a good uh, one. That might be the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, last, I guess, last question. More of a comment. Um, AK, this is at you. You owe an apology to our good friend, Sheila. I actually lost actually money lost from listening to your and Jed's high praises of Muniz on the preview show, Sean. I really wanted Alan to win too. Oh, so I didn't do anything. Oh, this oh, isn't no, no. calling out AK. Oh, no. This is calling out oh, AK. Yeah, that's 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 yeah I was not on the preview show. <laughs> Sheila, get him, Sheila. Get him. You led me astray. I was like, oh, man, we're going to call out AK. And then I, he comes nope, for me. I was not on the preview show, baby. Uh, look, you know, we, again, we sit on a lot of corners, and sometimes we get these corners wrong. I would suggest <laughs> never trailing us in anything, and then you can't be disappointed at us. Right. Yeah, don't yeah, don't take our advice. Like go I'll show you my topology record. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> it's pretty awful. Uh, I I had pretty good reads on this fight and the Tatiana fight. Um just on based on how it was going to go, but um yeah. Sometimes we we take sides and we create fake titles and sometimes <laughs> we do weird things, but in the end, it's all about listener entertainment and and having a good time because no one has more fun on these shows than we do there's just no doubt about that so uh we're gonna have a lot I'm of fun seeing, this I'm coming seeing sushi yeah. power rankings i'm sorry i don't even touch <laughs> i'm seeing sushi power rankings going on in the comments right now and it's, it's spectacular i'm loving it. best listeners in the world best listeners in the world uh and if you think this weekend was fun with everything going on we still have oh, jake happening? paul versus tommy oh, fury tomorrow yeah. and then we are we have, a po- we have a post show too. We have a post show on it too. Yep, streams already built. Mm-hmm. Stream Produced is already by built. this guy, that man. I'm very excited. Producer I'll be, AK. I'll be tuning in. I'll be tuning in. For your job, uh, Casey. And then guess, and then guess what we have to look forward to? UFC 285. Did you see that main card graphic? Did you see that main card graphic? If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, because that main card is redonkulous. And that's worth your seventy nine ninety nine or wherever it's going to cost. So, uh, a lot to look forward to this week. So, my suggestion is, get a good night's sleep, rest up, get ready to listen to AK and I tomorrow morning on on to the next one as we match make for this card. It will not be a long show since we only have to match make for four fights and a wild card. Uh, and then get ready for Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, and then get another good night's sleep and get ready for UFC two eighty five. The MMA hour, everything we're going to be doing to build up to that. Of course, Jose Youngs will be there. We'll be on site with coverage it's just gonna be a crazy bananas week so casey you could hit the music this is a fun night fun day and that's it so for shaheen al shadi my best friend alexander k lee baddest stash in mma e casey Lydon, i am mike heck thank you for watching this post fight show have a great rest of the night we'll see you tomorrow for jake paul versus tommy fury good night everybody bye God, that 285. First three fights. Best up and coming talent you got on in the sport, man.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.